Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Ephesians 4, 22-24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And so we continue to talk about the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. <clears throat> there are two individual forms of life, two different programs, and independence of the program that we prefer or consider is the form of life we will have. And that's the kind of eternity we will have. Today, we are working to have our new body and those that are evil or wicked will are also preparing for the body they will have an evil and disfigured body just as a person perverts the truth will his body also be <coughs> perverted in hell. <laughs> to fulfill this decreeing commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. <clears throat> we stop to study the third, and that is put on. How do we clothe ourselves and it's not possible to clothe ourselves or put on the new man unless we put off the old man first and then renew our mind and we also need to put off our old or dead works because if we don't put off our dead works we will not know what to to uh, put on or how to put it on 
we will just be religious than people. Fulfilling these three requirements, all three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, in which getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and gave God the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. Psalm 18, 1-4 I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. <clears throat> I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. <clears throat> Let us together proclaim these eight wonderful names of God, eight forms of power in our life. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. <clears throat> Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these confessions and may he make us worthy of these names and may he establish them within our heart and in our renewed mind. After we clothe ourselves into the power of the name of God's strength and weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness, cleansing ourselves from all filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in the lot of the name of God rock, then will we receive the right in Jesus Christ to, to the lot that is contained in the name of God fortress so that we can approach God. <clears throat> And so, again, we're studying now the third name of God, Fortress. The name of God, Fortress, used in the given prayer psalm as an inherited lot of the Son of God, where and by whom a person can approach God so that he can know God and be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven containing the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God, Fortress, is identified in Scripture as God's habitation, God's house, God's sanctuary, unapproachable light in which God dwells, the place where, God, where man gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of the success of God and joy of God, and the hope of God and trust of God. Practically, the fortress of God is the place where God abides, within the boundaries of which we can know God and be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven. And so, fortress is a specific place. And you can't say that every service is a place of God's fortress if place that you're in is not a place you can get to know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, then it is not God's fortress. We know that this place is situated in three unique realms. 
first in the heights of the heavens. No one is arguing with that. God's fortress is also His sanctuary, which identifies the body of Christ, the chosen by God remnant. This is also God's fortress, the chosen by God remnant. And the third realm or place is the heart of man, who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles before the preached word of God, spoken by a person who is clothed into the power of fatherhood and also spoken by the helpers of this person. The heavens, the temple, the church of Jesus Christ, and the heart of a man that is humble and contrite. These are three areas where the Lord abides simultaneously as our fortress. And if the Lord is not present as our fortress in any of these three, then that means we cannot approach God or tell God that He is our fortress. And so when we say these words, Lord, you are my strength, you are my fortress, you are my rock, that means that, Lord, I have found you as my fortress first in the heavens. I have a relationship with heaven. I found him also in Zion, in the church of God, and I have a normal and healthy relationship with saints that are in the church. This is very good. When a person makes a covenant with God, he makes a covenant with God's church. And so you can see how a person treats the church of God, how he treats the saints. And in accordance to how he treats the saints is how you can then determine his covenant with God. By making a covenant with God, you make a covenant with the church and you examine your relationship with God by your relationship with the saints. <clears throat> and of course, our relationship with the saints need to be legitimate and good. And the third area where where we can go to or run to or approach is our heart if the Word of God is there. <clears throat> this is when a person has a humble and contrite spirit and that trembles before God's words. And so the verb run to or approach God as your fortress contains the opportunities giving man the ability to be fertilized with the seed of promise belonging to the door of our hope. The seed of promise belonging to the door of our hope in the fruits of which God receives the legitimate ability to join the battle for our body so that he can destroy the stronghold of death within our body and forever thrust the old man from out of our body with noise by the armor trust and foundation known as the stronghold of death a very unique phrase that that our pastor has given that what is a fortress if someone asks you what is the meaning of fortress Why do you go to God? To be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. We are receiving right now the seed of the word. We are planting it. This is the seed of promise, which is most important, not just the seeds of the word of God, but the word of God that has God's promise. And now this promise needs to uh, belong to a specific time, the door of our hope. And as you have been fertilized with this seed, it will produce fruit. Why are we fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom so that it can produce fruit? What kind of fruit? This fruit is Methuselah, 
whom Enoch bore, Methuselah, one who drives away death. And what's interesting, the Father will be fighting using our fruit for our bodies to be able to destroy the stronghold of death and with noise thrust him into hell, the stronghold of death and erect in its place the stronghold of life. <clears throat> and God will do this using our fruit, the fruit that we received, we, we, we were fertilized with these seeds, we received them, we conceived, and this promise, we grow it and produce then fruit. The Lord wants to become governor within our spirit, soul, and body. And when the king comes to take his queen, his heavenly church, his, 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 his queen, this queen needs to have king, the king in her spirit, soul, and body. He will come for his queen that is right now on earth. And for this, it is necessary to establish the throne of the Lord in all three aspects of ourselves, our essence. And what's interesting, the Lord will fight using the fruit that he will grow within us as Methuselah who drives away death. The Lord will not just come thundering from heaven and I, and say that I command that the stronghold of death come out. He will do this uh, through us when Israel shouts aloud, will cry out these words and this will be the thunder of the Lord the Lord will thunder from heaven, it is written, from his Zion, from his Jerusalem, he will thunder from the temple of his body. It's interesting, the Lord thunders. He thunders from a city and a person is in the city, his temple, his, his church, his temple, and he thunders in heaven through his temple he in which he dwells and lives and so it's very important fortress gives us the ability to receive the word of god and to grow this fruit in our essence so that it can drive away death and so in hebrew the word to run to god or to approach god in hebrew is to approach the altar commence to know god enter the sanctuary of god get closer to god resort to god's help finding yourself in the fortress of God, being fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven and grow fruit for God. Therefore, every time God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows man to run to or to approach him, then as a result of such contact with God, we will always have a corresponding fruit within that area in which we approached him. It's very interesting. Every time we approach God, there's such a presence then of God that's there and to have this presence of course you need to know him and to know him uh, means you need to be in a more metaphorical sense be pregnant pregnant with the with the truth and so as soon as the Holy Spirit found Mary she immediately conceived you can have contact with the Lord and remain uh, barren as it were without God's oath promises within you. And so we will have, again, a corresponding fruit within that aspect, that area in which we approach Him. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area of our life does not in any way mean that it is automatically guaranteed to be present in the 
in God's name fortress in an, another area of our life since according to the statements of scripture for the presence of the fortress of God every individual area of our life needs to be brought to proper condition where the power of God would be able to reproduce the fruit of the fortress in this area in the form of our salvation every area in which we come to God we approach God we need to reproduce this fruit uh, within the name fortress and in that area the Lord will give us then victory therefore it is us it is specifically us in every individual area of our essence who are responsible for creating such an atmosphere which would be able to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress and so what is this atmosphere that we need to create such an atmosphere called to provide God with the legitimate legitimate ability to be our fortress is the good soil of our heart able to receive the seed of the Word of God and grow fruit corresponding to the nature of the seed we have received and so the atmosphere is the good soil of our heart a heart that is prepared for receiving the Word of God and for this purpose just as we studied the previous names of God called to be individual lots of our salvation we need to study the following series of questions first what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress second what purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress called to fulfill in realizing our salvation what price is required to be paid so that we can give God the ability to be our fortress and by what results do we determine that God is truly our fortress in the realization of our calling so the first question what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot that is contained in the name of God fortress we studied a few of them these identifications and we will then go on to the next to the sixth first identification of the fortress of God giving us the right to approach God in Jesus Christ so that we can adopt our body by the redemption of Christ is specifically God himself in the greatness and might of his word that comes out of his mouth Deuteronomy 33:27. the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms Here the Lord Himself, our Heavenly Father, is our fortress to whom we go. And so all that we come to, that we run to, that we rely upon, is our God. And of course, the first characteristic identifying the name of God fortress is God Himself. How do I determine that He is a fortress for me? <clears throat> the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms <clears throat> and so you can approach him you need to be under his everlasting arms to be under them in another place of scripture we see that we need to live under the shadow of the Almighty and so to be under the everlasting arms as our fortress is to be under his shadow and so 
and so to live under the shadow of his wings. Not every shadow, not every covering or place of refuge is the Lord's. As we know that there is a shadow, say, from a tree or a shadow from a great wing of an eagle. Any church can't just be the Lord's shadow. Only that church that bases itself on the legitimate things can. If they are looking or focusing upon gifts of the Holy Spirit, they cannot be God's shadow. And when in the church there is not the two great wings of an eagle, they're not present, the word of God and Holy Spirit, then this also cannot be the Lord, the Lord's fortress and it cannot be definitely a shadow for us. And so his covering, his shadow, and so as we can imagine, then this is what God being our fortress is. Second identification, the second identification of the fortress of God will be the good hand of God for us. Ezra 8.22, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. We need to pay needed to pay attention here uh, to what God's good hand is. It is a hand that is good, that does good for his people. Not just one that gives good things, but one that does good for his people. When the Lord does good things, he also wants to do and uh actively do good things uh, with his saints and that is bringing them to their salvation or perfecting their salvation and so as his hand does a doer of good things is his hand and he collaborates with the holy person so that this person can be built into his temple and of course by this good hand we see the Holy Spirit if the Father is the thought which is the concealed word of God, the Son, Jesus Christ, is the word that is already the opened up or revealed word of God, the spoken word, and then the Holy Spirit is that good hand that, uh, according to the thought that the Father had and the word that then was spoken by the Son, He then acts according to these things uh, with the person and does it within the right time and in the right way. And this is only for those, again, that approach God. And all those who forsake Him, the Scriptures say, uh, the hand of God as the Holy Spirit will not definitely help them. Third, identification of the fortress of God is our belonging to the nation which comes from the promised seed of Abraham. Psalm 91. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. We have seen Abraham and how he had two seeds. One he bore, used to bear a son of promise, and the other, uh, the son that came from the bondservant. And so this fortress of God 
goes from one generation to the next is passed on and depending on the genealogy that we are with we are in part of whether we're born from Abraham in the flesh or born from Abraham in the spirit those that are born in the spirit can be easily identified these are people who make the decision who uh, leave Haram Abraham together with his father go to Haran and he leaves uh, Mesopotamia they go into go to Haran and Haran the the place where they were in is a person is a place that is burned by the sun or where uh, you uh, you part ways and so that is the other way of defining it you part ways and they parted ways there his father and Abraham And so it's as if when we left our original place, uh, we then go to the place where God's judgment is and holiness is. And his father decided that he wanted to remain there, and Abraham decided that he will continue on to go to the place that the Lord had actually called him to. And so the father of Abraham died there, Laban died there, and others as well. But his sister... Rebecca, she also lived in Haran. To be able to join the inheritance, the genealogy of Abraham, but by the Spirit, she needed to leave that place. And as we know, Abraham brought Rebecca through his servant to his son Isaac. Laban also had other children. Leah and Rachel if you remember Laban he had his two children uh, Leah and Rachel Uh, and they also if you remember they had to also leave their father's house and so each of their wives had to do this very same thing and so we determine the seed that we belong to the genealogy we we belong to and so Haran again is the place of parting or where you part ways you make the decision either to pay pay the price or not. And so, if you know, some of us have experienced where you decided to go uh, come to this church, the relatives would ask, are you really going to go there? You have no relatives there. And you decide to leave that and go to the truth and follow the truth. And again, this fortress belongs then to and passes on from generation to generation uh, to those who are of the genealogy of Abraham, but but in the spirit and instead of the flesh. And so not every person is able to say that God is their fortress. You need to first identify whether you've left Haran. And so you may hear this, that, yeah, I know the truth is there. It's a good place. It's a good word. But I decide to be here with my relatives and their opinions, their thoughts, and remain with them. So a person makes a decision this way. Fourth identification of the fortress of God is the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Psalm 46, 1-4. through 4. And so when we make the decision to leave Haran and die for your nation, the house of your father, you come to Jerusalem. And this is God's dwelling place and our fortress. Fifth, identification of the fortress of God is the altar of the Lord, which we are called to approach so that we can serve in the sanctuary in the temple of our body. We approach the altar, Psalm 43, 4-5. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Approaching God's altar, we approach God in joy and gladness. And to determine whether we approach God with joy and gladness is determined by how we how we how we uh, treat lawlessness and righteousness, or good and evil. If you know in the scriptures it says he anointed him with the oil of gladness more than his companions, and why? Because he hated lawlessness and loved righteousness. And this is very important for us to be able to approach God, is how we treat and our relationship with God, the, our God who is of joy and gladness, loving righteousness, hating lawlessness. And we can do this in their carriers as well, because the Lord says, that he hates lawlessness. And further it says, God hates doers of this lawlessness, those who do it. I recently was reading this and pastor had preached and I was looking specifically at the fact and noticed when he was talking that God hates not just lawlessness but those who have it within them who love it and do it and so David says I hate them with a perfect hatred and pastor looked at me and I will be honest that uh, this truth this truth was very uh, significant to me and I it took me some time to understand it and I think you will agree with me because we all have to understand and change our thoughts and on that sixth identification of the fortress of God is us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith in whom and by whom we can inherit the lot contained in the name of God fortress to approach God is to look at Jesus Christ as our author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12.1.2 Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
In essence, to run to or to approach God is to look unto the author and finisher of our faith, which upon practice means look at the unseen reward which is placed upon our account in Jesus Christ. See how beautifully it is written to look at the unseen reward. To look at the author and finisher of our faith is to learn to look at what is unseen or invisible. To look at the unseen reward that is placed upon our account in Jesus Christ. Because everything that we have upon our account in Jesus Christ, it is invisible to us. And to be able to see it, the unseen, we need to approach God and we need to correctly look at what is in Jesus Christ. Look at the invisible. Genesis 15, 5, 6. Then he brought him outside, he brought Abraham outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to, to him as righteousness. To look at heaven is the ability to look at the received promise within your heart and wait for the fulfillment of these promises. To look at the unseen is to look at heaven. It's not just looking at at the physical heaven. Because if you look at things literally, you will understand that there are certain days you can't see the stars that because it's a cloudy day. And so to look at the heavens is to look at the invisible, to look at the received promise in your heart, the sky that we are to look at, these stars are present in our heart that we are waiting for in our life. In Hebrews it says, Abraham was waiting for the city whose builder is the Lord. The promise that we receive and and is placed upon our account can only be looked at from a great and high mountain that is erected in our heart. In Revelations uh, 21st chapter, it says that the angel approached him that had the seven uh, the seven bowls and that he, uh, he told him, come, I will show you the bride of the Lamb. I will show you what is invisible for others to see. The bride of the Lamb, I will show you. And he brought him in spirit to a great and high mountain and showed him the great city Jerusalem that came from heaven from God and this phrase come and I will show you is I will show in you the bride of the lamb it's not possible to show a person the bride of the lamb if you say do you want to see the bride of the lamb The only way to see her, this great Jerusalem, you need to see it in yourself. And you can see it from a great and high mountain. And the great and high mountain is that promise, that great promise that is at the door of our hope. From this position of this promise that needs to be revealed to us in the last days, can you see then in yourself this great city Jerusalem? this great city Jerusalem when the Lord showed he had within himself the foundation he had walls he had the tree of life that produces fruit every month 
every he had all of these things and so it's not possible to have with uh, this great and high mountains in your heart and not have the Jerusalem the presence of the great and high mountain in my heart this promise that we are waiting for the door of our hope is identified by the presence of the city Jerusalem in our heart again it's not possible to have this great Jerusalem without the mountain and it's not possible to have the mountain without the Jerusalem and the beauty of Jerusalem within your heart and the 12 foundations the 12 gates the tree that produces fruit uh, 12 for every month 12 uh, 12 all 12 months of the year and so from this position we need to confess then the faith of our heart from this mountain the received promise proclaiming it as non-existent as existent as it says in scripture I've made you a father of many nations and he believed and proclaimed the not existent as existent Abraham did according to these and many other testimonies of scripture to see the prophet in the unseen reward that is prepared for us by God in Jesus Christ from the invested by us and turned to prophet silver of salvation and proclamation of the non-existent as existent it is necessary to have eyes that would be able to see the invisible or the unseen and look at this invisible it turns out we also need eyes the kind of eyes that would be able to see the invisible or the unseen John 4:46 through 54 so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death then Jesus said to him unless you people see signs and wonders you will by no means believe the nobleman said to him sir come down before my child dies Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour of the the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This, again, is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. The verb believe means affirm, certify, or be personally convinced in the reality of the existing promise of the Lord. And if faith comes about by hearing the word of God in our heart, then affirmation of the faith of the heart happens because of an observation or observed act of the Lord within your heart in signs and wonders. First, the Lord allowed his him to believe or have this faith in himself but as soon as he saw the Word of God in action within himself because the servant let's say symbolically the servant of his worth within his essence this healing and he was then this affirmation took place and so faith is by hearing but faith needs to be established within ourselves needs to be affirmed certified within ourselves faith is needs to be uh, affirmed and this is when we can see with our eyes the word of God in action that it is yes and it is amen 
The nobleman believed that the word of Jesus that his son would get well, but when he found out that the fever had in fact left his son within the hour that Jesus had said to him, Your son lives, was his faith affirmed, and he believed in Jesus and his whole household. Such eyes is the mind of man, which can either be opened to look at the invisible words of faith or closed and only able to look at the visible that is around him. As it is written, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who, did not, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. <clears throat> Sometimes false impressions are formed that these words describe people of this world. This is in fact far from the truth. This epistle addr is addressed to the church and not the world. And here it is referring to people that perceive themselves to be Christian and are personally convinced that they see better than anyone else. For these people, Revelation 3.18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. To obtain this eye salve, and in doing so receive, a, receive the ability to see the invisible in your heart, it is necessary to pay a specified price for the eye salve. First, you need to acknowledge the fact, and so what is this price consisted of, to purchase this I self? You need to acknowledge the fact that your regular mind is not able to comprehend that your physical eyes cannot see what is invisible. You need to acknowledge the fact and say, Lord, I cannot comprehend this, of course, with my regular physical mind. You need to sense the overpowering necessity and desire to see the invisible within your heart. You need to identify the consistency of the I-Self. And you need to identify the currency that is required so that you can purchase the I-Self. So, let's answer the question, what criteria or signs identify spiritual blindness upon the pages of the Holy Scriptures? And this blindness, we have it also. Blindness is our carnal state, demonstrated in trusting upon the abilities of our mind. A person who is carnal is a person who is blind because he trusts, he relies upon his uh, regular abilities, abilities of his mind that absolutely cannot see what is invisible in him. Because he's blind, he cannot see what is in his heart. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not perceive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so a carnal person, a natural man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. A natural man is not someone who doesn't understand anything. There's many things you understand. To understand the written word, you need to be familiar with it and go through it again and again. That doesn't mean you're a natural man or a carnal man because you don't understand what the word has been spoken. It's when a person does not receive what is from the Spirit, he does not receive it. The Lord spoke to the prophets, 
a carnal person understands many things too, but he doesn't receive any of them and only receives the things that his own personal intellect will like or understands directly. The reason for such blindness is due to our religious guard and our supposed knowledge where we are convinced that we are personally able without the help or collaboration with whomever it may be to determine for ourselves the difference between good and evil, what is pure and what is impure and what is a blessing and what is a curse. An eye that can look at the unseen or the invisible is our spiritual maturity demonstrated in a refusal to rely upon the abilities of your mind. We need to remember what is blindness and what is a person who sees. A blind person is a carnal person. His carnality is relying upon the abilities of his mind. A person who can see is a person who has spiritual maturity and who can look at the invisible and refuses to tr- rely upon his the abilities of his mind, the blind and the one who can see, the carnal person and the spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, I can see the unseen and I refuse to trust upon my intellectual abilities. 1 Corinthians 2.15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Spiritual maturity as a demonstration of refusing to rely upon the abilities of your mind is a conscious and voluntary obedience to the word which is spoken by a person that is placed over us by God. This is how you determine spiritual maturity. A conscious and voluntary obedience being a student learning. And so you use your will, you obey and listen as a student would so that you can learn. This is then our ability, this identifies our our spiritual maturity. What is I-self? I-self, making our spiritual eye or the eye of our heart able to see the invisible is holiness without which no one will see the Lord as it is written. Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. <clears throat> and so I-self is holiness. Holiness is demonstrated in hatred for carriers of wickedness and lawlessness in the form of people who have the look of godliness but have denied its power, with whom we are not to converse and from whom we need to distance ourselves as they are evil company. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 2 Timothy 3.5 having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. And so when we have this, that means we have holiness or we have this I-self <clears throat> which allows us to see what is invisible. And when people have fellowship with corrupt company, with people who have the look of godliness, then they don't have this I-self and they don't have then the ability to see what is invisible. And so if we have close contact with people who uh, speak ill of of God's church, then that means we're blind. We cannot see what we should see because to be able to see, you need to anoint your eyes with eye salve and you need to have this eye salve, God's holiness. Let us look at the currency required to be paid so we can purchase the eye salve to purchase this holiness. 
the currency required to be paid to purchase the I-Self, identified as holiness, is to abide in the teaching of truth about blessings and curses, giving us the ability to differentiate good from evil and the ability to reject the evil and choose the good. Isaiah 7.15 Curds and honey, Jesus Christ, curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. He had become a student. And so the currency that we need to pay is our ability to abide in the teaching, the teaching that that allows us to understand blessings and curses, and this is possible by being a student, by learning curds and honey he, he ate, so he may refuse to, uh, the evil and choose the good. <clears throat> and we do, this, do the same thing. Our learning is the currency. This is not dollars or, or euros or anything else. This is our learning, because those devalue over inflation and other things. And if it devalues, it doesn't have any, uh, it may end up, it may have no meaning. But our learning does not have the same thing or doesn't do the same thing. And our learning is greatly valued. All currency of the world jumps up and down. They crumble, they, they rise, they, <clears throat> they're good, they're bad, but God's currency doesn't, and this is our learning. <clears throat> and you know why it doesn't fall. The reason it doesn't fall is because there are very few who use it. And so very few use this currency. It's at the top, but very few actually use it. It is not claimed by anyone except for that chosen by God remnant, that very small category that does use it. The place where we need to conduct any form and any kind of sanctification is the Church of Jesus Christ. The boundaries within which we are required to sanctify ourselves are the boundaries of our body within the parameters of which the kingdom of heaven needs to exist. The place and position of the sanctification that the church of God goes through or needs to experience is the boundaries of each individual person's body. Hebrews 10, 25-27, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much the more you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remaining a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. The goal of our sanctification is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, which is called to become a guarantee for us meeting the Lord in the air when he comes to be glorified within his saints on that day. And so we have now read what blindness is and what a person who can see is. A person who is blind is a person who is carnal, who trusts upon his intellect, his the abilities of his mind. A person who can see is a person who has spiritual maturity. And this is the 
refusal to rely upon your the abilities of your mind and the price that we pay for this I self which is God's holiness is learning and now let us see all these components within an event that occurred all these components within an event that occurred where we will see our relationship with Jesus Christ looking at a person who was blind from the time of his birth considering the fact that all of us without exception uh, being born from the seed of the word of truth are born blind and are infants in Christ who due to their spiritual blindness stumble and are attracted by various winds of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting again all of us without exception are born from the seed of the word of truth are born blind and infants in Christ John 9 1 through 7 this place will show us this blindness will show us how to be be able to see the price you pay the I salve I salve that is and the life this is during the time of Christ John 9 1 through 7 now as Jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the work of God should be revealed in him I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day the night is coming when no one can work as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world when he had said these things he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam which is translated sent so he went and washed and came back seeing And so in Hebrew, this clay, or as in other biblical versions, spittle is dirt, anxiety, or worry. To be able to see and after allow the eye of your heart to continue to have the ability to see the invisible, it is necessary to have a revelation about who you need to approach or run to, in addition, who you need to obey, from what place, and upon what you need to focus your eyes, and upon what you need not focus your eyes. The pool of Siloam, which in Hebrew is pronounced Shiloach, means sent. Siloam is again sent. Isaiah 66, 13-14 As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, and his indignation to his enemies and so the Lord in Jerusalem does this work through Siloam the person who is sent very important to understand in what way we are freed from this blindness and what we want to note here we should note here is this is the only place where Jesus spit and did this work and didn't tell him don't tell anyone uh, what what I did today he didn't say that to him there were a couple of instances when he did uh, form a spittle or this clay from his saliva uh, and if you remember there was the inc- incident where he had put his fingers in the ears of a gentleman and the person was mime, uh, mime and he was not able to speak and he uh, he, he he then healed his uh, his disability and he was able to speak. 
he spat in his in his mouth doing so as well and he did tell this person don't tell anyone what 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 has happened today and another one he says go and tell people and this one he told him go and tell everyone what has happened and when he began to tell people what what had happened the pharisees became angry and asked him who is it that healed you and why did and he he became they became angry at the fact that he healed him and because they said where has it been that a person would allow or make it happen that another uh, would be able to uh, would make one see and they actually excommunicated him from the synagogue and he they didn't want to have any more uh, communication with him they were angry at him and of course then Jesus met him later and he believed in Jesus Christ and Jesus told him that I came to this world so that those who see would stop would no longer be able to see and those who can't see would be able to see there's also another example where a person a blind person was brought to him also he also spat on him and he began to was able to see and he also told him don't tell anybody but this specific individual who washed himself in the pool of Siloam he didn't actually spit at him he spit on the ground in this case made clay or a spittle and put it in his eyes and he was able to wash his eyes and he told him to tell people of this miracle in the other case as we saw that he spit in his mouth he was able to he began to speak because he couldn't previously and they told him don't tell anybody There are things that the Lord does want us to talk about and that is when we use this I-Self because to be able to use the I-Self you need to pay the currency, pay the appropriate price for it. But the others, they did not need to pay. They were delivered but they didn't pay a price for it. This one did pay the appropriate price. He made this I-Self and I-Self for it you need to pay uh, the price of learning, the currency of learning. And the, and the Pharisees became so angry, saying, what you're going to teach us, get out of the temple. And they excommunicated him uh, for the truth. And so again, this is the only person that we can see here who actually paid the price. And he didn't tell him, don't tell anybody about what happened to you. And he told them, I came to judge the world. And so it's very important to be able to purchase this I-Self. And this I-Self is this spittle or this clay. And you need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to come to Siloam, to the one who is sent by you. And I'm ready to suffer for the truth. And unfortunately be treated the way that this man was treated, uh, that you're a liar, you were always able to see, you're just lying that you weren't able to see and that you were healed. Get out of our temple. And so the word that we pay the price of learning for uh, are the people who will be a light and a salt to the world. 
And so now let's look at a couple of reasons why the eye of a man called to see the invisible inheritance of God becomes dark. And so the first reason for why the eye of man called to see the invisible inheritance of God becomes dark is a rebellious heart and a rebellious house, a person who revolts against the one whom God has sent. Ezekiel 12.2 Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Here is how Apostle Paul, being inspired by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, comments about the character of a rebellious house and a rebellious heart. Romans 11:7 through 10 What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. <clears throat> they became hard-hearted. At, they were rebellious. Just that as, as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, to this very day. And David says, Let your table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and bow down their back always. Romans 11, 7-10 The word of Apostle Paul identifying a rebellious house and a rebellious heart is concurrently found in the Psalm of David and prophecies of Prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 29, 9-14 Pause and wonder, blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. This often you will see in the hooligan charismatic uh, congregations. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes, namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. The whole ver- a vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he said, I am not literate. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. It's speaking again about these people, about these rebellious house. that they have prophets that need to read but can't read because it is concealed and the seers also say they can read but cannot and so an appropriate price needs to be paid so you could be able to read what we're doing right now what you do at home what you do at your cell groups for this there's a price that needs there's a price that needs to be paid to be able to have it you need to have an opened eye And to have an opened eye, you need to not be this rebellious house or have a rebellious heart so that you could read and understand. The next reason why the eye of the heart initially called to see the invisible becomes dark is an absence of gentleness or meekness. The absence of the fruit of gentleness is a refusal to humble yourself and to discipline yourself so that you can restrain your tongue from evil 
and your lips from evil speaking in accordance with the demands of the statutes of God containing the order within which the body of Christ functions in the form of the chosen by God remnant. 1 Peter 3.10 For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. We also see in Ephesians that having denied what is deception, speak truth to one another. You need to humble yourself and discipline yourself with the fruits of gentleness, the fruits of the gentleness of your mouth. And this is the price, gentleness, that needs to be paid for this I self. And when we have an absence of this meekness, gentleness, the fruit of it, when we don't humble or discipline ourselves, we don't have then the currency that we need to be able to buy this I that would be able to deliver us from this blindness so that we can learn to see what is invisible in our heart. The next reason why the eye of our heart initially called to see the invisible becomes dark is our decision to depend on wine. Proverbs 23, 31-33 Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Considering the fact that this is a proverb, when it says your eye will see strange things, in other Bibles it is stating that your eyes will see other wives, firstly it means foreign to God churches with a tolerant spirit which isn't compatible with the teaching of holiness. Therefore, when we walk into the tabernacle of meeting, representing our heart, which is built into a house of prayer, upon the condition that we are organic members of the saints and led by a person sent by God, with whom we are bound by, by with a specific covenant, we should not look at wine or consume wine. Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, Leviticus 10.9. An organic membership to the body of Christ in the form of a specific church makes us kings and priests to God and our spirit a tabernacle where we abide 24 hours a day. And so if our spirit is built into a tabernacle, we are within, we have fellowship with God 24 hours a day and it says you will not drink then wine or intoxicating drink uh, the priests when they go into the temple and we are in that temple again tabernacle 24 hours a day Proverbs 31 4 5 it is not for kings O Lemuel it is not for kings to drink wine Lemuel it is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes intoxicating drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted in the eyes of God, a person who consumes wine loses the virtue of a king and a prince over his own body and is perceived by God as a slave of sin. Ephesians 5.18 And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 21 Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. We're talking, of course, about physical wine and there's also a spiritual wine that we read about a little bit earlier a, when they uh, are swaying and that they're rocking and, and but it's not from wine false 
a, a, a falsified uh, filling of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's an imitation of it. They say, And so these people, they are inspired by some kind of power uh, <coughs> supernaturally, and they speak. And this drunkenness that is not of wine, when people are filled with this falsified, uh, it's a false uh, power of the Spirit. When the, it, when the Word of God is not present within the church, the Holy Spirit is then not present because the Holy Spirit is present where the Word of God is present. The Spirit is present where the body, where the Word of God is. And if in the church there's no Word again, but everyone is very active within the church, but there's no Word, that means they're drunk, but not from wine, physical wine, or from the Holy Spirit. And so it's very dangerous and it is forbidden to attend such services and those worship uh, places of worship where there's no truth, there's no teaching, but there's some kind of supernatural things happening there. Very dangerous. They're drunk, but not from wine. And so that means that there's a deceptive spirit present there. The next reason why the eye of our heart initially called to see the invisible becomes dark is looking at worthless things not looking at what is in the heart because all the truth that is in the heart it is in heaven it is invisible for the physical eye but when does a person start looking at worthless things a person refusing to look at what's in his heart because what's in the heart is invisible worthless things are easily seen Psalm 119.37 turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Worthless things is deception, untruth, lie, evil, sin, emptiness, idleness, lawlessness, pointlessness, and fruitlessness. Everything we look at transforms us into its image that we pay attention to. And so when we look at all kinds of deception, untruth, evil, emptiness, idleness, we are then transformed into that image. When we are looking into our heart, where God's oath promises are present, then we are transformed into, the, into these imperishable promises. God will not have the legitimate ability to turn our eyes away from looking at worthless things if we will not discipline ourselves by looking at who God is to us in Jesus Christ. Also, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ and who or what we are to God in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 33:15. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ear from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. 
I salve as a method and means of our sanctification, giving us the ability to see the invisible inheritance that is placed upon our account in Jesus Christ consists in our obedience to look at the appointed by God goals due to which the eyes of our heart is called to obtain the ability to see the invisible. Therefore, to look at the appointed by God goals and not at worthless things that make our eyes then dark is only possible upon one condition and that is when we close our eyes or turn our eyes away from seeing evil or more accurately make a covenant with our eyes to not think about the worthless and begin thinking about the heavenly things. Isaiah 42, 18-20 Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger whom I send who is blind as he who is perfect, and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things, but you do not observe, opening the ears, but he does not hear. Isaiah 42, 18-20 To watch or look at the deafness and blindness of Christ, where he closed his eyes, so that he not see evil, is something we can do through, righteous, through a righteous person whom God has placed over us. Psalm 37, 37, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. And so we will not be looking at worthless things, deception, and all kinds of things in the world that are brought to you or through mass media or whatever other things. We won't look at all these worthless things. We will look at the things that are in our heart instead. Let us pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for the great privilege to approach you as our God who is our strength. We thank you that we can approach you as our Lord who is our rock. Having the great privilege to weigh ourselves upon the scales of your righteousness upon the scales of your word. We thank you, Father, for the word that we have heard and the scales that we today can weigh ourselves so that we can approach you as our fortress so that we, upon this place, the place where you reveal your truth, the place where you give us all kinds of mysteries and you then explain them to us, upon this place, we can be conceived, fertilized by your word so that we can produce fruit in our fellowship with you because it's not possible to have fellowship with you and not produce a corresponding fruit. We pray today so that we can approach you in the areas where we need your salvation, your healing. We approach you. We rely upon your mercy toward us we approach you 
And we thank you that you are our fortress. And we come to you as our God, who is great. And we are under your ancient and eternal strong arms. We are under your covering, your shadow, the shadow of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who reveals the meaning of this Word. We thank you for your strong arms, your, also your good hand, your good hand, the Holy Spirit, who brings this Word into fruition and allows it to come to pass in our lives. Thank you for your word that has been concealed but revealed in your son Jesus Christ and through your and this is done through your messengers that you have sent into our lives so that the word that was concealed so that it be opened up. We have today the great privilege to read this word that is concealed but that has been opened up and revealed upon this place because we are not hard-hearted hard-hearted we are humble and contrite before you with a humble and contrite spirit that trembles before you we thank you for the word that we hear and we pray that today you give us the ability to see the invisible to see all that is placed in Jesus Christ for us and these are those promises that are in our heart that has been cleansed that has been cleansed from dead works and today we have the ability to look at heaven to look at and be upon this great and high mountain having the great privilege of building ourselves into a great Jerusalem and you want to show us Jerusalem in our own heart as a city that has been built and prepared to meet with you. Allow us to look at the invisible and thank you for the invisible. Allow us to look at all that beauty and all of the promises that are contained in our heart. We pray that the areas we don't where we don't see our victory that you allow us to apply th- this eye salve upon our eyes so we can get rid of this blindness and for this we clothe ourselves into the status of your students we worship before your word and we pay the appropriate price so that we can see your victory the victory of your word in every every aspect of our essence we thank you that we have this currency we have this price and we have the ability today to see the invisible and proclaim the not existent stronghold of life as existent within our body we thank you that the stronghold of life and resurrection has been established within our spirit and is establishing in our soul and we thank you and we receive it and we establish it for our body as well we thank you for all those saints who are an organic member of the body of Christ to Zion to Jerusalem 
to the chosen by God remnant, we pray that we be bound with the Lord, tightly bound so that the enemy can never take us from your hand because our names are written upon your upon your hands they were written upon the stone not just in the book of life but you wrote it upon the white stone because of your cross and you said that the name of such saints will never be blotted out of the book of life written with the blood of your son we pray that all those names that you have written that our name that has been written with the blood that it be established and confirmed confirmed through the cross upon this white stone so that you confirm for us our salvation and allow us to grow in our salvation we thank you for the word that has been opened up to us we thank you for our pastor for our apostle Arkady from whom we have received this opened up word this revealed word we pray for your godly mercy and we thank you for this opportunity to continue to sow today to sow with tears so that we can reap we can reap together with our apostle together with our pastor and with together with the saints that today sow not reap but sow today in tears we believe that we will reap soon and with joy we thank you for this ability to sow today sow these seeds and we look and thank you for the harvest that will come when you come to glorify yourself in your saints we thank you for your word for your holy spirit for this covering that we are under for the shadow that you cover us with may your name be blessed and glorified our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.